I don't actually have time to stop. And, and the thought of having to quickly um, document my day or to, which I know that I should be. And I know that I want to be able to show people that side and to show that not so pretty side for sure. But I just, I think I haven't, I haven't been able to find a way. You physically don't have the time. Yeah. Or yeah. that I feel, um, I know that I'm too much of a perfectionist still in that area, which I, I need to let go. And I think, you know, when I do show that more, raw side of my day-to-day life um I actually get a really great response and people love seeing that and it's more real I'm Alison Rice and welcome to Offline the podcast these are honest conversations about true self with the people behind the Instagram accounts and the teachers who help us on our way. A lot has changed since I launched Offline in September 2018. It started as a podcast, and thanks to your ongoing support, it turned into a movement. Today, Offline exists to help us explore the essence of who we are and how to live, create, and succeed in alignment with that. This is our true self. There's the podcast a series of online courses I've created with our collective needs in mind and experiences that allow us to connect as a community. Visit getoffline.co to find out more or follow getoffline.co on Instagram. I hope this episode helps you on your way. Thank you for being here. If you're big into organisation or seek to be, you'll be familiar with my next guest. Beck Wadworth is the Kiwi founder behind one of Australia's most luxurious functional stationery brands, An Organised Life. Beck has also brought her signature organisation style to the travel space with My Organised Travels, a destination dedicated to recommendations, tips and tools for travelling stress-free. What I love most about Beck is her unapologetic drive. An Organised Life was a side hustle for four years before she took the leap in 2018 to work on it full-time. That's a lot of nights and weekends spent designing, wrapping and packing. Beck started boarding school at 13 and attended university in Auckland before moving to Sydney to work in fashion. She's now settled back in at home in New Zealand with her boyfriend Jason. The once aspiring ballet dancer's story is one of responsibility, focus and dedication. We recorded this episode from Offline's New Digs in Sydney's Surrey Hills. That's right, your girl is legit. Here's beautiful Beck and I for Offline. Okay, well, now that we're over our fear of flying, I would like to talk about some business stuff because I feel like for women listening, they're very or will be very intrigued about your business story. Mm -hmm. And then I thought how interesting for us to talk about the intersection Mm -hmm. of ambition and career with self. Yeah. That's a real big thing I'm exploring personally at the moment. Um, The other thing that I didn't know is what the light bulb moment was for an organized life. Yeah. Because I feel like we all have ideas Mm -hmm. and it's sort of like qualifying them to be like, is this an idea? Do I just Mm -hmm. think this is going to be good? Like what was the kind of initial light bulb moment 
and then I guess the step into actually saying, you know what, fuck it. Yeah. I'm going to explore it. it. Yeah. Yeah. Um, so when I, after I finished studying in Auckland, um, I was working in the fashion industry there in fast fashion and I got a transfer over to the Sydney office. Um, Jason had already been here for a year. Um, and so it was a great opportunity for me to move, but the role was so fast paced. It was crazy hours. Um, I was across a lot of different areas and I was attending all these meetings and doing all these things. And, um, I was also in kind of a PRE role. So I was going to a lot of catch ups and meeting people. And I always had this red diary or this, you know, black diary, but then the inside would be colorful and it would it just used to drive me mental. I just, I kind of think of it, you know, I rely on it every single day. So to me, it was an accessory. And I also felt there was nothing out there that um, was organizing my life. It was organizing my schedule, but I didn't feel like there was something that had everything um, or somewhere that I could go where I could get information. Um, I was only, I started it five years ago. So it was like late 2013. So I was, wow. I don't actually know how old I was, but like 23 maybe. Um, A baby. So it was wow. really scary. I knew nothing. Thing. My background was um, obviously the graphic design, marketing and PR and then, you know, social media a bit and e-com. I had managed an e-com store in the fast fashion world. So um, I felt like I knew enough on those sectors, but I knew nothing about production, dispatch, um, you know, business, I guess, and accounting, all of those types of things. So when I decided, I think it was definitely the light bulb moment was working out I, I couldn't find anything that I liked and I was a wee bit embarrassed to pull out my ugly diary in front of all these cool people that I was meeting and I also went to a semi-permanent event which is like a big they do them every year in um, Australia and Sydney yes. and a lot of inspirational speakers and actually one of the speakers was Mandy from Oracle Fox amazing yeah and it was when that whole world like the blogging world was quite new um, and it wasn't it, she just kind of resigned resignated <laughs> She it's resonated. Tea, it's, it's boiling in here. Um, and I should say this is like my first in, like conversation in a new, new space. space and setting. Yeah. And I think there was like some deep R&B playing next oh. door that I think may have made it onto this recording. <laughs> so if you heard you that. Hear it. Um, but no, so I think it just, she, she was just going on about how, you know, you've just got to give it a go. Like, you know, what are you going to use? What are you going to lose? Um, I guess it's also managing the risk and everything like that. But I walked away from her um speaking I guess and I remember talking to Jay and saying I'm just going to give this diary thing a go I had always made my Christmas presents when I was saving money as a uni student and I used to um, remove the labels off like wine bottles and my granny I gave her little mustard jars and olive oil and I used to design these you know cute little labels for them and then one year I decided I wanted to give them all diaries and I designed them all but I couldn't produce them because obviously the cost was quite high it was would have been more expensive than buying just a normal present so I had always knew what I wanted to do um, and then I think after I saw her speak I just thought I'm just going to revisit that I think that's my calling I, I knew I wanted to do something different um didn't know I wanted to do my own business as such but I just had this really good gut feeling I mm. saved my money I didn't get investors um and I 
yeah, it was, it was tough. I had to just try and work it out. I, I had no one to guide me. I didn't have friends who had businesses. It was completely, you know, a lot of Googling. And um, day by day. Day by day, for sure. I had a really quick turnaround. I remember my f- girlfriends at the time were really motivating. They were like, you can do this. I think I started doing it in the end of July and I knew I needed to get the diaries out by September. So it was a really quick turnaround. I knew what I wanted to do design-wise. Um, found out, found a printer who I had worked with through work and they did the printing and then they put me in touch with a book binder which is a really random way of doing it um usually now you know now obviously I work with great um production teams who it's a they do everything um so I didn't have a car I had to borrow someone's car I went and picked up all my little books went to the book binder in this crazy place in Sydney I don't even know where I drove and the minimum was 250 so um I didn't have a website um luckily I had met some epic people like Carmen and Talisa um through my job and we were we're all the same age so we had all really jowled um and you know we were all hanging out having coffees and things like that and they were really supportive and when I launched um all put up like a little Instagram post and I actually ended up selling out in three weeks my parents had to come over and help me um (laughs) wrap (laughs) and I was really picky I you know wrapped everything in tissue paper I did all of that um and that was the point you know I think when I started it I think I put six thousand dollars away and and I used all of that for production I didn't do really anything else um and I thought if worse comes to worse and this fails it's not the end of the world. I've only lost that money. You know, I had, I was still working full time. Um, it was just kind of, yeah, I, th- I thought it's what worth have I got the risk. To lose? Yeah, exactly. I so identify with that. Like when I, I had decided to do this podcast before I decided to leave work. Yeah. But there was some implications with me doing the podcast and being yes. in my role. Yeah. And it couldn't be as authentic and honest as I wanted it to be because I was representing those beautiful brands, you know? Yes. And so that already felt like a bit of an ultimatum in a way. Um, So I had like the seed was there. And then as I decided to leave work and then I said to Tony, you know what, I don't know what I'm going to do. I don't know what I want to do. Mm -hmm. And I've had such a fulfilling chapter that I almost feel like it's enough for me right Mm -hmm. now, you know, which I never thought I would feel that. But I said to him, are you comfortable, you know, because it's like we're in a relationship, it's mm-hmm. our money. Mm-hmm. Are you comfortable with me investing this amount mm-hmm. and just seeing is it a thing or not? And honestly, I was like, you know, one season, eight episodes, great yeah. bridge project. And I could let go of that money and say, okay, just I've learned something. I've learned yeah. how to podcast. Yeah. You know, I've shared stories that I thought were really important to share. And so now I guess I'm at that point too where it's like, well, how much more do I keep? investing and I guess that's a good segue into a question of like at what point do you then go okay this is this could be something Mm -hmm. and taking the financial risk yeah to kind of go all in yeah and like how did you overcome that fear of failing yeah yeah I think for me I definitely because I was young as well I also definitely had a like goals for my career as well. Um, And so I was always really realistic. I think, you know, looking back, I probably could have and should have taken the risk earlier. Um, That's interesting. But I I love the way I did it. I think I, you know, I talked to some girlfriends recently and I said the same thing. I often, um, you know, recently a lot of friends have started their own brands and I felt like I had this, you know, five years of knowledge and I feel like they've kind of 
culled three of my years and that their process is going to be so much quicker and mm. not that I I'm so happy to help them and I'm so happy that they can get there quicker but I said to my girlfriends I was like if only I had had you know would it have been different and they were like probably not because there was so many things I learned along the way um and in so many areas and I've perfected the product I've you know I've I've learned all these new skills that mm. I don't think if I had done that in a two-year period I don't think I would be where I am now. I think it would have been a completely different story. Um, and I think it could have grown too fast that I'm a really calculated yes. person. And, you know, I was really lucky. I had the best support network. So when I was working, I was in fast fashion and went mm. to luxury. And then I went to Beckenbridge. So I was with Beckenbridge for... Um, four years I think in the end or three and a half or something around there but I had an organized life when I started and they were so supportive which I was so lucky um I was really because that's not common always it's is not it? common a lot mm. of people when you have a side hustle and it's dirty it's, you know yeah they kind of think you're going to be distracted you're going to you know there's all these things but I think steal their yes. secrets or yes. whatever yeah yeah, yeah totally. and I think um because it was completely different to fashion um, and I think the girls, you know, Beck and Bridge started when they were young as well. They know how long it takes and they know they know that I work hard and, and knew that I wasn't taking the piss, mm. you know, I think. And I was always really honest with them. I always, you know, whenever they would catch up for um, to see, you know, where I was at or where I was going in the next few months, I was always really honest with them. And um, I like think this is a priority in my life. Yeah. And yeah. I think um, that was really important. So I was with them for a year before I worked out I really did need to go part-time um, the demand for an organized life grew a lot which was really exciting but it meant that I was getting home every night and in diary season which goes from September until Jan basically I was up until sometimes three in the morning pick and packing wrapping wow. you know even the marketing like all of those kind of things and it, um, it took a real toll I just I remember feeling exhausted. I, you know, I didn't get time to see my friends and um, even Jason and he's always been 100% supportive of it. But it got to that point where I thought, um, obviously as well, because I've never had investment, everything I've been trying to grow and grow and grow every year by quite a lot. And it was scary. I thought, mm. you know, I've still got to pay myself a salary and stationary products. You know, my products are between $3.99 to $75. You've got to sell a lot of stationery compared to a fashion brand, um, which I don't think people think of either. So That's it's the actual, point. yeah, the sheer amount of units um, I need to turn over is very high. So it's a whole different thing. And, it, you know, obviously that's a lot of man hours for me every night. So, um, it, it was obviously lower then so I could handle it but I, I now don't I look back and think how how did I do that yes well, were there moments where yeah. you're like I used to cry a lot yeah. and I also remember crying at work which is so pathetic but I also you know mm. um, during fashion week time I remember I for Beckenbridge um, they'll laugh now if they hear this but I used to help organize their shows. That was part of my role, obviously, with the organization side. But it was also when my diaries are also due to go to oh print. God. So it was... Um, you were doing both. Yeah, I was doing both. And it was... Um, obviously, I don't want to get anything wrong in the diaries. So there was um, a lot of... You know, I spent a lot of time on that. So it was just a weird mix of... Um, you know, collision of two great projects but right at the same time. So the first year I had to organize the show, it was, I wanted to do a really good job, but I just remember crying so much, which was just ridiculous. Um, so, you know, after I'd done it a year, I was, 
I could I knew how to manage that task, you know, mm. the next few years when I did that for them. But when you're in the thick of but it, when you know, you're in the thick of it, do you know and what I feel unknown. like? It's like it's like an assault. Yeah. <laughs> it's just happening to it's, you. Yes, and yours is so overwhelming. And you, I think also I put a lot of pressure on myself to do a good job and I didn't want to mm. let them down. So mm. I wanted to, you know, that's really long hours during that time. Um, and so, Do you feel like on that, because I've been reflecting on this a bit lately, do you feel like that kind of pursuit of perfection, like mm-hmm. do you stare that down much? Because I'm starting to go, Alison... You've got to just let go, you know? I think so. I think I've worked out um, the things that I can do that with. I think I've, I've, yeah, I think the longer I've been doing my business and and I will still quality over quantity anytime and other things in my life I've realised I just need to pull, yeah, let that go a little bit. Mm. Um, And that was probably the same with how it was hard to let go of work, to be honest, and go part-time because I had to change roles. I became the girls. I was going from like an, I was the online manager and um, did the social media and all those fun things that my career was all about. And then I went to being their PA, which is so different. And I remember wow. thinking, I don't know how I'm going to do this. I'm such like a Well, it's a goals. shot to the ego. Yeah, exactly. I think foremost. it was, to be honest. And I remember thinking, um, I've got so many goals. I've got, you know, all these things, I, Am I don't I know. Am I throwing it all away yeah. to pursue this idea? Yeah. Yes. And the, I think the bonus was I thought, you know what, it's going to be nine till five. I love those two girls. Mm. I want their business to do well. Um, and I can help them with that. And I think that I saw all the positives in it. And I thought, I'm going to get home. I'm not going to be absolutely shattered compared to when I was meeting budgets and I was doing, mm. you know, all these different things. It's a completely different role in terms of your the mental side of it as well, day to day. And I think um, it actually was great. I went down three days, uh, did three days a week for them, two days off. They were super flexible. Um, obviously my influencer side was growing a lot then too and they appreciated that so if you know amazing trips came up overseas I could jimmy my days around and I just got really lucky I always worked really hard for them Mm. I never tried to sneak yeah yeah, I was just I think I'm all about karma so I thought I would get very bad karma if there was that (laughs) and then um, as soon as I um, I think the other important thing was too my brother was my CFO he's an an accountant Um, and he I paid him in home cooked dinners when I started (laughs) Um, so he was really realistic to me I said you know when can I go full-time and he was like well look think about like how much you want to pay yourself how much you want to grow the business each year like he was like you need to be prepared for that and so I just had these goals and I I I really put my head down for like that's really actually phenomenal advice to like you kind of you know I think sometimes I'm guilty of this I shy away from the numbers because it's not my strong point all you know like in senior roles, it's like this, the first question you get asked is, yeah. oh, so do you run the P&L? Yeah. And when someone would say that to me, I'd be like, Google, P&L, yeah. and <laughs> L. And I was like, and L, and L, and L. And now I understand I don't need to run it. Yeah. I need to read it. Yes. So what questions do I need to know to ask? Yeah. What 
numbers are important to know. Yes. So I think that's really great advice. Like here's it what is. you need to be making yep. before you can take Yeah, and he was, leap. he was, I mean, it was brutal. I remember th- being so deflated at the time. I was working so, such long hours and it's not that I was do- doing badly. I, I honestly didn't have time. Like I knew that I needed to get certain things down. I needed to probably cut my production by half and like packaging and all these types of things. And I actually just needed to up my units by a lot. But that was terrifying because then in my head I was thinking, oh my God, I need to pack all those and how am I going to do that I'm with work? I'm so and, tired. Yeah, I'm so tired. I don't know if I can do that. And then that's when I realized, you know, I spent a whole six months. Um, I decided my goal, I didn't want to go crazy and just launch heaps of products. I thought I'm going to take six months. I'm going to find my new production teams. I'm going to cut all these costs down. I'm going to work really hard to do that. And I'm just, you know, I think I launched maybe some notebooks or something very minor. And um, I thought I'm going to save my pennies. I remember you know, I tried to cut out a lot of things. I wasn't as social. Um, and then I just, yeah, it, it really paid off and mm. it was it was worth it. And then... So that concept of brutal prioritisation. Yeah. Because that's yeah. what it is. It takes like a level of just scrutiny. Yeah. Yeah. It does. And I think, um, yeah, it was just a, a thing. It was just basically the, those words that he was saying to me. I mm. thought, you know, he's right. I can do what I'm doing and um, amazing to have him <laughs> he's know? too busy for me now, now unfortunately okay. like, so I've got a proper, a, deal. <laughs> a proper accounting yeah. team but um you know he's always great to yeah rebound off with all of those things but mm. I just think it's important I also think the priority was at the time I just wanted to see how it was going I was still testing the waters and then when I was I felt really good and I said to him then you know then that obviously my priority priority was the numbers game and it was yeah, it was good. And I think everyone's just got different priorities and goals for their businesses. And there's no right or wrong. I did the side hustle for a good four years. Um, And I learned so much along the way. And I don't think I would have been ready. I wasn't a numbers person. Mm. I was a creative. Well, this is what I find interesting about as you reflect back now and say, okay, could I have jumped earlier, perhaps, but I I wouldn't have learned yeah. what I had learned. And then now there's people coming through the ranks amazing yeah. that are able to sort of get some speed yeah. through your knowledge. And then even with um, the Beckham Bridge girls, it's like the space and grace they allowed you yes. to pursue your dream. These are the stories I don't think we talk enough about because now you're a business mentor and role model for other women coming through and how amazing for you to take other people with you now Yeah, because we were in that world where all we did was we were so closed and we yes. kept all of our information because it was so competitive. But I know you feel it too. Like it's yeah. here. We're all like 100% invested yes. in each other's businesses. Oh, my gosh. My best – like every I, – I actually – I mean, this week I've been saying to you, I'm in Sydney, I've moved back to New Zealand and I have to now do that juggle of running my whole company from another country. And, you know, it's been great, but this week's been, I've had so much to do in a week. It didn't all go to plan. There's been highs and lows in every emotion. But like my girlfriends, like Eleanor Pendleton and Sarah Donaldson and Talisa and like, you know, all these people, you Mm. guys, if I didn't have all of you to rebound off and, you know, like... Poor Sarah, I was in there at about nine o'clock the other day and I was feeling, you know, I was thinking, oh my gosh, I'm so overwhelmed. I know what I need to do, but it's just, I've had a, had a bit of a roadblock. It's been and, paralyzing sometimes. Yeah, yeah, and I thought I'm on a time crunch, like I don't want to waste this trip. And she just looked at me and she knew and she was like, 
just take a breath and then I think you need to go for a walk. And she was so cute. She's the best with that stuff. I know. And I was like, you know what? I, you're right. I just need to walk around the block mm. and just like, I know that I'm fine. It's just obviously in my head, I'm thinking about all these things. And it was so good. And I can call them anytime. And we're all so supportive of each other. And it's, um, I think we're just so lucky. And yeah. Oh my so. God. And I have to say, like, I assumed nothing less. But yeah. The more I kind of stick my head in and, you know, I'm like, I'm in the group. <laughs> Let me in the group. It's been... Um... I shared with Beck that while I expected nothing less, it has been so inspiring to see how genuinely supportive we are of each other's businesses. It isn't just women supporting women for Instagram. It is real and it is honest. I asked her about showing more of behind the scenes so women following our journeys can learn right alongside us. And do you know, I, I think I've had this conversation with you before, but when I'm in the moment, like I, I think each day, also because it's me on my own at the moment for now, and obviously I have a lot of people contracted, you know, warehousing and advertising, and I do have help for sure, but a lot of the stuff that I'm doing day to day is still a huge amount to manage. And mm. um, obviously that's one of my goals at the moment is to change that, but it's... Um, you you just I don't actually have time to stop and, and the thought of having to quickly um, document my day or to which I know that I should be and I know that I want to be able to show people that side and to show that not so pretty side for sure but I just I think I haven't I haven't been able to find a way you physically don't to, have the time yeah or yeah. that I feel um, I know that I'm too much of a perfectionist still in that area which I, I need to let go and I think you know when I do show that more raw side of my day-to-day life um I actually get a really great response and people love seeing that and it's more real Mm. um but I honestly I just you know sometimes I completely forget about Instagram for a couple of days which is terrible but But amazing amazing at the same time but and then I feel really guilty that I'm like oh my god I haven't you know Mm. done anything or said anything but that's another thing for me this year is I think I do want to show more of that side and it's so it's my life really like I love organization and I love um I love fashion I love travel I love all of those things but I just want to show more of a real behind the scenes of my day-to-day as Mm. well you know not to bore people and to have it every single day but I think there's definitely a lot of things that happen behind the scenes no one Mm. knows that I do um, oh God, and that's the thing is like, <laughs> even in the parts that we might think, oh, this might seem really boring, it's actually reality. Yeah. And so it's like the way that we can glamorize jobs, like I glamorized my job. Yeah. It wasn't glamorous. Yeah. It was hard. Yeah. And I've said before, like, I was hungry, not because I wasn't eating or I had an unhealthy relationship with food. I just physically didn't give myself enough time to eat. Oh, I'm the same. And then I guess the way I was in my body when I was hungry and the work I was doing under those circumstances, it's like I didn't feel very light and joyful, you know. It was like a fucking grunt work. That's how I felt for seven years. Just like I was literally trying to like... It was very masculine energy actually. (laughs) Yeah. 
Yeah. It's a very weird thing. And I get a very warped sense of time as well. I think because Jason and I both have our own businesses, um, we, you know, we'll start early and um, we actually have a pretty good routine in the mornings. I'll go for a big walk. I'm not afraid if I need a bit of a sleeping because I'm actually a bit of a, I get a second wind at nighttime. So I'm, I'm better to actually take my time in the morning. We go and get a coffee. We do all of that. I listen to a podcast and then we're always in the office by nine. We have a little home office. But if, you know, if I look at my clock and it's five o'clock I'm like oh cool I've got like three more hours because I automatically think I'm going to work till eight which is terrible but you know I just it's just a warped thing when you have your own business and you're growing it's just a it's a weird weird thing and so knowing that what I could achieve in the next three hours is yeah, actually going to impact yeah my business yeah I find that really or means hard. I don't have to work in the weekend or mm. you know that's my priority not working in the weekend mm. um but yeah, it's still, I'm definitely still a small business and mm. it's definitely growing, but. You it's... know, I would, um, I would love to talk about Jason. Yeah, yeah you will hate this. <laughs> <laughs> I know, Tony's like, can you stop talking about me on your podcast? I'm like, but I love you <laughs> and people need to know more about you. Yeah. And like, that's one thing I've found is. Talking about my relationship has created new connections for me with women that I didn't have before because I think we're all seeking that love, you know, and that big love and and, and also like is it really good or are you just, you know, drumming it up? And and so I wonder like who is he to you, you know, and I actually find this stuff really hard to talk about. I get quite emotional when I talk about Tony and what he's done for me because he – allowed me to do that girl boss thing Mm -hmm. it was his um nurture and Mm -hmm. care cooking dinner Mm -hmm. washing my clothes not asking any questions if I was still on my laptop at eight Mm -hmm. or I didn't come home till 10 Mm -hmm. of just giving me the space yeah to go and get him you know yeah and I don't think I could have done it without him yeah I'm the same I think he really had to put up with a lot especially when I was picking packing and you know I remember coming home from holidays last year and obviously we don't spend Christmas or New Year's together um, because I always go home to my family since I've moved away since I was 13 I only really go home twice a year and so really I like you know my mum and dad have got six months older it's like I don't see them very often at all so he knows it's my special time and mm-hmm. that he's really respectful of that um but yeah he's been amazing and we met at uni so we've been together 10 years oh my god cute yeah um so yeah so he's been there since the start and um he has just been so supportive um I definitely couldn't do it without him and yeah like I was saying when I came home from holidays and had a huge way more orders than I ever thought I was going to be getting and you're like amazing but fuck. yeah I was like amazing but holy shit this is not okay and I printed them out all in one batch which was terrifying Jay Jay honestly nearly had a heart attack and I never asked him to help me with my orders but he did help me and I had to take time off Beckenbridge was my first week back I had to ask for the week off um purely to get through the orders and you know he he is respectful of what I'm doing and he's so motivating and um encouraging he's he's really good but I think I did you know he I felt bad last year I think um you know he was wanting to move home and for me I needed to be here to get everything organized I only went full-time in um May last Seems year so long like yeah much longer it hasn't even been that. a year so oh my god it's crazy so you know we probably he ideally probably would have wanted to move back quite a 
you know, at least six months or more before. Um, but he was really tolerant that I needed to get a bunch of things in place before I could do that. Um, in terms of just how my company would work and making sure the warehousing was fine and, you know, the day to day. So these are the beautiful compromises. Yeah. In and it was a complete compromise. And now that we've moved back, he's started his own business and I'm in that phase where I'm, you know, I will do everything that, you know, he is wanting to do. And, um, I, was that hard to move home or not hard? Once you had it all in place, were you um, like, this makes sense It was now? very daunting. I think home, New Zealand's always going to be home. And I always knew we wanted to move home. But obviously, I have such a great friend group here. So it's that missing them as well. Um, but I also think, you know, it was going to be hard no matter when I move back. And I think moving now is actually probably better rather than if I had stayed for a few more years I think it would have been really tough mm. so I think it's been good where we're both really loving it um it looks idyllic I have to say it looks yeah. really beautiful and Auckland's obviously not my hometown either so you know I don't know that many people there I'm having to remake friends I've mm. got a, you know a couple of really close girlfriends um that I knew from Sydney who have moved back and you know that's really exciting but it's super new for us we've um we're having to do new routines we're having to go to events which is terrifying because I don't really know anyone. So I've having to do that whole scene again wow. compared to being so comfortable here. Um, so it's it's been completely different to what we were probably expecting. I think we thought it was just going to be our old life, like uni life, which is 100% not. We're in completely different, you know, head spaces and places with our careers. And um, just personally, the amount of growth that we've gone through in Sydney is, yeah, it's it's kind of a whole different, world for us now um how we are so yeah now it's my time to help him and yeah yeah he can he's in that phase where it's a startup and um luckily his is service based so it's like, let me tell you a little bit of something <laughs> about working till 3am <laughs> yeah, i know yeah so think thankfully his isn't product so he's yeah we did graphic design together so he's very talented in the film and creative direction and um graphic design and branding so he's doing his thing over there so. i just think it's so good and like I probably didn't talk about it that much when so Tony left his job after he'd been there for 14 years. Yeah. I think it was really like, I think it took two weeks after we got married and, you know, I was like, whoa, 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 yeah. whoa, whoa. You're yeah. the like breadwinner and yeah. like you've got the big job. And at that time I, I think I had just stepped into the beauty editor role or I'd been in it maybe actually, no, for a year at Pop Sugar. And so you're like, well, I've got to hold the – the family, yeah. you know, like, whoa, like this is, and also like we just got married and, and, you know, we had this great conversation where he, he was tired mm. and he just wanted to stop. And mm. it's like, yes, he'd achieved everything that mm. he had sort of set out to achieve and he was very professionally satisfied mm. and he freelanced, um, but, you know, took work that he needed to financially, but then beyond that mm. didn't overextend himself. And it was so beautiful. It was about 15 to 18 months mm. where I then got promoted and so yeah. that was my trajectory and he was just going to the gym and go to the beach and he would work kind of on his own terms and I always tell the stories like I'd come home and you know you've been in the office for like 12 hours yeah. I was like gray you know gray it's just like <laughs> yeah. you're dull and like Ugh. and you're like cold from the air conditioning yeah. but you're stress sweating so yeah. you have that weird yeah 
combination and I would like walk in the door and he'd be like massive and brown and yeah. like, be like, here's some fresh salmon. And I'd be like, ah, you know, like life. He was yeah. like life. And yeah. I was just like a shell yeah. at that time. But I think it's so beautiful that even now that I'm taking some time and space to explore, he's like working, yeah. you know, and kind of back in the thick of it. And I think it's so beautiful to allow that push and pull you know I know I think you have to and I yeah I think we were lucky that it's worked out the way it has he was very career driven here and I think it was just the right timing for Mm. everything to happen but Mm. yeah he always says um you know when I go into my zombie world where I'm just he knows the the, no matter what he says you know I'll smile and nod but he knows there's just no one in there (laughs) on this role Or you're like, uh-huh, uh-huh, uh-huh. Yeah. Or the amount of times I have to, you know, decline his calls and I feel so bad and then he'll send me the broken heart emoji. <laughs> and then I, oh, and this will be, I'm at a photo shoot or I'm, I don't know, there's just, we've got such different day-to-day lives. Oh my God, totally. But that's why we, like, also we get to work together 24-7 when I'm at home and I'm not here. Um, it's amazing. We have breakfast together, lunch, dinner, and, oh like, it's heavens. just the best. We Yeah, we really like it. So mm. it's really fun. Bet gets profiled a lot in the lady boss category. So I was interested to know from her if she identified with that label. I think for many successful women, we often feel like we're waiting to be found out. Sometimes sitting in the success is harder than the road to achieving Um, it. No, I think I'm really proud of myself where I am. And I think I've grown so much um, as a person and professionally since I started in organized life. Um, I think I've worked hard. I don't feel guilty about the growth and things like that. But I think I still have so far to come. So I'm very realistic um, where I sit, I think. I Mm. think I've always been like that. I think, um, you know... I don't know. I I do. I think I know where I am at a level. Mm. And I think when I meet someone, I automatically probably judge where where I am. Like if they can help me or if I can help them or, you know, I I don't know. I try to judge the situation, but Mm. um, I definitely probably still get that imposter syndrome, especially when I get to do, I think I said this to you when you asked me to be part of this (laughs) and I thought, oh my gosh, I'm, I'm, you know. The first thing you said to me was like, I'm not good enough for that. I was like, oh my God. I God. said to my mum straight away, I was like, I'm definitely, you know, the lowest person there. <laughs> oh, my God. Like the smallest. I didn't think I said lowest, but like the smallest person. But I'm so happy being there. Like I think I've still, I, like I'm so happy where I'm at, but I think I've still got so far to go and I've always known that. And I know where I want to go and I'm just trying to make a bit of a plan and, and you know, do each stepping stone, I guess, mm. which is what I've all, always been about. And the growth at the right speed and having the right support and putting all those things in place to allow that. Um, mm. I remember um, it was Sophia Amoruso said this great quote. I went and watched her at, when she did Business Chicks a f- yeah. few years ago, a couple of years ago. And she said um, one of the things she wished she had known was the concept of scaling thoughtfully. Yeah. Because, you know, we have this thing where we're like, got to be the biggest, best now. But like if she'd had her time again, you know, one of her pieces of advice was women need to continue to run their own businesses. Yeah. Because we think we'll take investment and then we give over um, equity in different ways than financial, you know what I mean? Yeah. And I'm, Um, yeah, I'm I'm just a really big believer. I also think, uh, yeah, and they can sway you, I think, in the way you're 
where you're going and I don't know it just really frightens me I think I definitely want to have that control mm. have um, you thought about investors or I have I have and I could, you know obviously a lot of friends and brands and things and I've taken advice on that type of thing especially with growth um, but I don't I really don't right now I think I'm still small and you know maybe down the track once it was bigger but it's just too scary and risky for me, you know, and I've listened to so many podcasts and I, you know, startup ones and when they say they raised, you know, $2 million, I think was the Glossier one. And I was thinking, oh my God, but how did you, you know, she was saying she had no idea what, you know, she had a bit of experience in this and that, but I just could not do that. Oh my gosh, it would just, that my anxiety and, you know, the stress of having to perform and grow so quickly. Meet those targets yeah, they're some, aggressive. Yeah, some people obviously have that confidence to do that and they would have great support networks around them and the right things in place. But for me, I think I've always wanted to know all the details. I want to be able to know that I know everything that's going on to be able mm. to run the business well. And I think you kind of can't get that unless you have had experience in that or for me at being at that young age I have to do that all myself and learn that as I go mm. so you know now production dispatch you know today I'm monogramming for half a day <laughs> because what I love the team so like if you buy something yeah. literally today yeah. Beck is monogramming I'm monogramming herself. and you know what I'll probably be in there on Saturday and Sunday too because you know Christmas time has been huge so I want to help where I can as well while I'm you know on the ground here in mm. Sydney so um they laughed at me yesterday. I had a million. I told them I was going to do all this monogramming when they left for the day and I only did eight because <laughs> I had all these other really important deadlines come up and I said I, I just, you know, could, couldn't get there. So that's why I'm making up for it today and today. doing everything I can. Maybe so. I should come upstairs and help you monogram <laughs> yeah. and avoid all you my other things my that I have to do. <laughs> yeah. Well, um, Sarah was very gracious and allowed me to use her office yeah. for a few days when I was just out on my own. And, um, you know, I was like, I want to help, like, yeah. pack. And she's like, don't be ridiculous. Yeah. Don't just do your own stuff. It's so yeah. fine. Just use my internet and be here and all good. And I said, you know what? I really want to learn mm -hmm. how you do it. And, yeah. like, I'm interested to know. And also there's something about having your hands on that experience yeah. of being like how it's actually quite touching yeah you know it is and you I also think you have to know all of that stuff like mm. the monogramming that I launched recently I was obviously there for the training day and I got trained as well and I did the you know with the other girls who were getting trained too and I did a weekend to you know with gifting product and things like that to get my head around it and know how long it was going to take them and what issues they were going to come up with and I needed to get my brain around that I think I'll always be like that I think no matter what I'm doing I'll need to know the details of how everything works yeah um but I love that side too it's mm. so I just put a podcast in it's so fun you know and you know, we're just learning are we <laughs> self-learning self <laughs> um it's so hot in here it is that literally like between my legs is like slipping around my legs are slipping off each other and there's water running from moustache. under my arm, armpits under. and it's dripping down my my hairline so. as well it's really gross. <laughs> <laughs> on that um as you know offline exists as an exploration of self mm -hmm. and I guess broadly identity and mm -hmm. I know you know what's coming you're smiling I just completely at me. forgot about okay. this question coming I hadn't prepped at all that's terrifying so it's here <laughs> I couldn't even answer it on my own bloody episode I was like oh fuck. um who who are you when you're sitting in your true self without all of the labels yeah and the lady boss stuff and the founder yeah. and like 
Yeah, as you sort of identify with self. Yeah. Who are you? I think, who am I? I mean, I think I'm a pretty consistent person. Mm. (laughs) I think to me, you know, if for anything in my life, it's family um, that will never change. I think you can remove everything in my family and my loved ones are the most important thing. Mm. And I think as long as I have a purpose and I'm happy, um, I think, yeah, when I sit in my true self, I don't, yeah, that's just, that is such a hard question. It's so hard. I, I had told tell myself you. to remember this question so that I, I would prep, but <laughs> honestly, it's, yeah, when you're put on the spot, I think, um, I mean, I think I'm definitely a goal setter. I think no matter how many labels you take away from me, I'm always looking forward, um, no matter if it's with personally with my love life you know with Jay like you know we're always looking forward in our future with my family um my career everything I think I've always been a goal setter um and I think I just appreciate life Mm. like I try to make the most of everything Mm. um I try to think positively I've heard that from you today you know I've heard that you have a real sense of responsibility and pride for your family. Yeah. And the opportunities they've afforded you. Yeah, for sure. And you I know. think, yeah, I just want to do the best I can. And mm. I think it's not about the money. It's not about the status. It's, it's definitely just... not about the fucking money. No, I keep oh my telling God. Everyone, I'm, I'm still... like, I am borderline <laughs> broke. <laughs> oh yeah. my gosh. Yeah. It's, um, it's, it's not about that. It's just about, you know, I'm trying to give people information and um help them in their lives and organize busy lives and I think I'm the same in my personal life as well I love helping and um just being happy really Mm, to be honest (laughs) you are a great person to be around I always really enjoy being around you you know I leave you going like "Mm." yeah I feel light I feel good that's good yeah I feel positive yeah um and that's a big deal you know we talk about taking responsibility for yeah the energy we bring into rooms and you have a real lightness about you and Thank um you. and I and and uh, is the word uncomplex maybe in is that a word <laughs> mm, I'm a journalist um my mum's a principal I can't comment in case in I'm the really wrong. best way yeah you know I feel like with you you are always actually in your you seem to be in yourself all yeah. the time actually like it's you're very authentic so thank you and I think I know when I need like if I you know obviously this week I think I have had to lean on people and I'm happy to do that as well. I think, mm. you know, that you can't always, you know, be 100% all the time. So um, I definitely need that support and guidance sometimes. And, um, yeah, I think I know when I need that mm. and will always and ask. And for it. Yeah. Well, thank you for being <laughs> on my podcast. No problem. Thank you for having me. On. I know. We need to go in a cold shower. <laughs> Thank you for joining us for this episode of Offline. Visit getoffline.co to explore more episodes, the online courses I've created to help you succeed consciously, and upcoming community events. Follow getoffline.co on Instagram and me. My handle is Alison Larson Rice. Lastly, if you know someone who would benefit from hearing these honest conversations, please share offline with them. <laughs>